Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Stephanie O'Day. Steph, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Can you share a little bit about what you do and how you got here? Yeah, you bet. I am known or used to be known online as the Crock-Pot Lady. So I got my start in 2008 and I started writing online Crock-Pot slow cooker recipes and it took off and it was wonderful. And I got to stay home with my three baby girls and take care of them. And since now they're older and I've evolved and the internet has evolved. And now I write and coach and teach about slow living. And I primarily coach moms who want to find a way to keep all the balls in the air, but not necessarily lose themselves in the process. So I do. Um, I think that's why your coaching and teaching has resonated with me because I am very anti-burnout. I think mm. <laughs> I think having a nicely laid foundation to prevent yourself from feeling that way is yeah. important and definitely doable. Yeah. So what's the sort of state of mind that a lot of your clients are in when they come to you for help? Frazzled, overwhelmed, a little frantic. I happen to live in the San Francisco Bay Area which mm-hmm. is kind of a go, go, go. We're on the, the doorstep of Silicon Valley. And I think people think they need to cram more and more into their day in order to feel productive or be productive. And I teach that if we're lucky, life is long and enjoy it. And and why try and, and shove so much into your day-to-day when you're not You're not feeling content and at peace. And it's certainly not something that I want to model for my children. And when people take the time to stop and pause and reflect, they realize they don't want that life for their own children either. Mm. Something you said there kind of triggered me, actually, hearing someone say life is long. I'm constantly saying life is short. And for me, that's been a real motivator to do all of the things all of the time and give it 100%. So to hear the flip side of that and to say, yeah, okay, life can also be long if we look after ourselves and we do the things that, you know, prioritize our health and wellness and uh, and find the joy and slow down, as you've said. So that's there's a lot of magic in that. Yeah. There is. And what's fascinating to me is watching my parents age because they're 71 and, you know, they are very active. They're doing an awful lot. And I think my mom looks great. And, um, and I think growing up, I had this envisioning that like you were done, you were put out to pasture 50, 55, 60. And I'm in my mid forties right now. And I, certainly hope I'm not out to pasture when I'm 50. (laughs) Absolutely. And it is a mindset thing. I was only speaking to a friend earlier today about this and and discussing, you know, that mentality that our parents have about their own age. And it is a matter of what the person feels about that and how much, I guess, angst they've got that's connected to, to aging. Yeah. 
it's interesting because I want to be the kind of person who says, oh, I'm going to age gracefully. But but now that I'm 44 and I'm looking at my double chin in Zoom, I'm thinking, you know what? It would be just fine if somebody just kind of tucked that up for me. That is A-OK. And you know you're the only one noticing that. Noticing that. I, I know, but yeah. ab- absolutely. But what I used to think never, ever now it, first of all, it's nobody's business what mm-hmm. someone decides to do or not do with his or her own body and his or her own money. So, I mean, yeah. if you have the money for a nip and a tuck here, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Go That's for right. it. But it's definitely interesting. And what I like is the constant kind of evolution of your mindset and the growth and what is important in different stages in phases of your life when you've got tiny little baby kids in the house versus mm-hmm. school age or high schoolers or college age students. It's, it's completely different. Mm. So how do you tackle that? I guess um, the really just getting through the layers of, of all of the expectations and all of the things that people come to you with to, to kind of believe that they're at a certain point of their life, they need to be doing more or adding to the list or being responsible for others and and their own you know happiness as well so where do you even start with helping them to shed those layers of of those expectations and really get into it to do the work my superpower is empathy Mm -hmm. and I usually just begin when I start working with someone one-on-one of just letting them sort of dump (laughs) for for lack of a better term and get it all out of their head first without putting it in writing or, or trying to glossify it. And, um, and what I've noticed with different coaching questionnaires is, um, people edit and people try and put, uh, their best showcase on. And I would Mm -hmm. rather the first time of just someone introducing themselves to just, kind of let it all out and then later go back and okay so so if all of your quote-unquote ducks were in a row what would your ideal life look like and let's sort of craft that out and for many people once they take the time to look at the different quadrants of their life it's not that much of an overhaul that they need to make. It's just tiny little tweaks. Yeah. The concept that I teach is a a peace pyramid because really we just at the end of the day, we want to climb in bed feeling calm and content and at peace that we've done our best. Yeah. And so the, the pyramid has different components and the very bottom layer is time management and health and finances because you can pray and meditate and affirm yourself to death. But if your health isn't in alignment and if you're not knowing your finances, if you're in debt because you're trying to self-soothe by shopping all the time, you're not going to feel calm and content. So we spend a lot of time working on that. And then we move up a level to relationships and organization which is really interesting because a lot of like the mom's magazines and real simple and like the Pinteresty things make it seem like if you have an organized spice cabinet, 
and linen closet, then your life will be perfectly peaceful. And really that means nothing. Like you can get through your whole life with never organizing your spice cupboard and it'd be just fine. I don't even have the spice cupboard. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. So you, I guess you're asking them to show up truly as they are and, uh, and going from there to take baby steps really to make big progress. Mm. I think sometimes when people feel frantic and overwhelmed, the idea is to burn the whole thing down. And, yeah. and really, if you just uh, take some time and, and reassess and, and be proud of all that you've accomplished and proud of taking the time to reflect that, huh, I need a tiny little bit of help here and that's okay. Mm. And that's been a common theme in in recent conversations is that asking for help factor. You know, we pin all of this pressure on ourselves to to go all in and get it all done. And you know, I've I've got this. I've got my own back. I don't need anyone else. You know, this is my dream. Mm-hmm. These are my goals. This is my time. But uh, simply, if we are able to ask for help, it it helps us. It helps them. You know, we can contribute to that better life or those bigger goals together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And it's, it's hard sometimes when you're asking for help and you're not given it or you're not given it in a way that you want or in a way that you expect. And so that sort of causes you to shut down a little before we hit record. I, um, you had asked me if I had, um, my own burnout story and I, I might not have it to the same way that others um, have had, but I most certainly had some adrenal fatigue and I wasn't feeling the best and I knew something was off and wrong. And I did. I reached out to my doctor a few times, um, my primary doctor and then also my OB. I thought maybe my hormones were off. I couldn't figure it out. And I was sort of shoved aside. And I was uh, told, yes, welcome to motherhood. And yes, welcome to your 40s. Oh. And so I, I truly, I thought, okay, well, this is, I guess, what it feels like. It feels really exhausting and not fun and draggy. Mm-hmm. And um, I went away with some friends for the weekend. And my girlfriend said, hey, you snore. And I'm like, oh, I know, I know. My husband's always told me I snore. And she's like, no, you snore. You need somebody to look at that. I thought, oh, all right. So then I Googled, I'm tired all the time. And my friend says I snore. (laughs) And um, Google wrote back and said, check for sleep apnea. Right. So, So the funny thing is, is I love sleep. And I actually have behind me on this bookcase, a book is ironically written by a man on um, sleep. And there's a tiny little section on sleep apnea. And all it says was, if you have a high BMI, mm-hmm. you should be tested for sleep apnea. Well, I've never had a high BMI. Nice. So I never thought I needed to get tested for sleep apnea. But my test revealed I stopped breathing 45 times a night. Wow. Okay. It's kind of a lot. That is a lot. It's kind of a lot. And then later after, yeah, after (laughs) meeting with the ear, nose and throat doctor, he said, you have a large palate. And I said, okay. And he says, were you a thumb sucker? I said, I was, I I really, I sucked my thumb for an embarrassingly long time. He says, well, even as a little baby, you were trying to push up 
on your palate to open your airways. Wow. So, yeah. So it's just, it's fascinating. So one, I, I asked for help and I didn't get it, but I didn't give up. I kept mm. pushing and pushing. And then also, if you're not getting the answers and the help that you need, do some more research and, and keep yeah. pushing. And, and especially when it comes to your health, don't trust the easy no or the there's nothing wrong with you if, if your gut tells you that there's mm. something to keep searching for. Yeah. So we also spoke off air about the fact that you've been able to kind of curate this perfect life where, you know, burnout's not something that you need to kind of worry about, which is wonderful. So what does that look like for you? What is your ideal day? Well, I think we should always put perfect in quotes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think anyone will see them right now, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So for instance, my days are scheduled, but it's a loose schedule to the point where the other day the puppy had massive, massive blowout diarrhea all in the oh the, the crate uh, wiring and all this stuff. So I spent the morning scrubbing the crate and giving him a bath. Yet because I structure my day with so much time and grace, I still got to work on time. Okay. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was just fine. But in a, in a perfect ideal day, I actually get up at 4 a.m., which does not sound peaceful. It does not sound (laughs) relaxing in any way. But for me, it's lovely because Mm. it's, I'm all alone. It's me and the coffee pot and my journal. And I can sort of center myself and give time and some meditation to what I want to do and how I want to start the day before the kids wake up and the puppy wakes up and um before I check social media and email it's just me and and my thoughts and my reflections and I urge people to do that before you start putting out fires or answering other people's questions or concerns or dealing with Mm -hmm. their agendas pay yourself first yeah and with with that gift of of time and reflection Mm. Fantastic tip. I've actually just started doing it myself because someone said to me, you know, you're getting up at five, that's great. And you're on the laptop after making, you know, a pot of coffee 15 minutes later and you're automatically in fight or flight mode. It's just bang, you're on. And then I'm, you know, on the laptop until pretty much just before I go to bed. So I've done that work now and trying to do the same. And it's really been quite life-changing just having that quiet time to yourself writing out your intentions, planning out your day, having, you know, meditation or music or whatever it is, everyone's different, but it really has made yeah. a huge difference to my energy, that's for sure. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what do you do for yourself when you do start to feel stressed or overwhelmed? Where we live, we can walk almost everywhere. So when I was working full-time at home and the kids were all in school, I could go weeks with never moving the car because I could, yeah. I could just walk everywhere. Mm. Um, the library, all the grocery stores, the kids' schools are everything within walking distance. So I typically can easily clock 15 to 20,000 steps without thinking about it. So I kind of like to wander. I'll take different turns and just sort of follow my gut and my intuition. 
if I see an interesting cloud or shadow or um, like a break in the clouds, I sort of mm-hmm. just follow it along. And I, I like that. It's, it's very contemplative and, and peaceful. I, I do like naps. I, I structure my day if I can to, to throw in a nap here and there, especially since I get up so early, I, I yeah. like to take um, an afternoon nap if I can. Yeah. What time do you go to bed then out of interest? Pretty early. So, um, so we like, I like to, um, we have a very traditional split level house. So the bedrooms are all upstairs. So I mm-hmm. like to kind of get the kitchen shut down in the seven o'clock hour and start clean it up. And then yeah. everybody's upstairs by eight o'clock in their own room for, um, reading time and quiet time. And and I am usually asleep by nine. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. And how old are your girls now? 19, 16 and 11. So, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're good kids. We're all still home because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but it's starting to open up here. San, San Francisco yes. took a while. It, we were the first to shut down and, and one of the last oh. to open up because um, people don't like to follow rules. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that, yeah. <laughs> how, how have you all managed then with the the five of you at home through a very long pandemic? Yeah. So thankfully, my husband increased our uh, our Wi-Fi, so we've got little expanders. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm actually while we're talking, I'm tucked upstairs in my bedroom, mm-hmm. and each kid, the big kids, when my college student is in her own room. My high yeah. schooler and um, elementary student, we've set them up in the dining room and they've yeah. got a printer and a whiteboard right. of their own. And then my, my husband is in the home office. And, um, and before, because I knew I was going to get on with you, I ran the dog around the block really quickly to try and wear him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All sorted. That's great. So Steph, what's something that you're really grateful for? I'm, I'm grateful that I've gotten to spend as much time with my kids as I have been. Um, I, I sort of uh, joke with some people that at times I consider myself a backwards feminist in that even when I was in college uh, before getting married and having children, I, I had this mindset of, well, this is all fine, but I really just want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like I, I want to make the chocolate chip cookies. I want to do the Martha Stewarty things. And yeah. and I said it tongue in cheek because it I I knew we lived in an expensive area and I would need to find a way to make an income from home. And mm. and the fact that I was able to um to somehow figure that out and still be the kind of parent that I wanted to be and mm-hmm. now can um can help others so I can help them with their crockpot recipes I can help them with life and time management and and that type yeah. of thing yeah yeah wonderful and what's something you're most proud of right now I'm, I'm proud that we're all home and we're safe and we're healthy um I'm proud of the the three humans that I've created and that I can can help people through the computer and through the phone that I never would have been able to meet with, without um, this kind of modern technology. So Mm -hmm. so it's fascinating because I I like the idea of stepping away from the tech because I think it's kind of, is this noisy background to all of our lives that in many times isn't necessary, 
but it's also created ample opportunity to to connect. I mean, you're in Australia and there's no way I would have met you yeah. if there wasn't um, the internet and social media. Yeah, yeah. So Steph, you mentioned, you know, time management with some with the work that you do with your clients. Can you share some of the ways you help them with this? Do you have specific tools or resources that you recommend or is it about them really figuring out the best way to manage their day and their work and their other commitments? Sure. So I think women are born multitaskers and um, and then moms in particular put a lot of pressure on themselves to run the household and, and run their children's lives. And so I started with the slow cooker recipes and then um, I did write a housekeeping book as well. And so what I like to do is figure out how to get those have-tos in life over mm-hmm. with kind of efficiently and as quickly as possible. So then you can have time for those want-tos. Mm-hmm. So some women have this idea of starting their own business or writing a book or becoming yoga certified, but they feel like they don't have enough time in their day or they haven't given themselves permission to carve out the necessary time. And so, so we go through, well, what are all these things that you feel like you have to do? And then we make a plan of tackling them. So then we can carve out the time for the want tos. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. And finally, Steph, what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone listening today who is just on that edge of uh, overwhelm and stress and feeling like they're stuck in a bit of a rut? Well, definitely reach out. If if you need help, reach out. But then also just kind of taking a breath and assessing and realizing how you feel right this very second doesn't mean that's how you're going to feel forever and ever and ever and ever. And there's definitely busy seasons of life. But as we said earlier, life is is long and there's lots of twists and turns. And and it's okay if you are having a rather hectic season with work to focus on work for a week or two. And then if you've got house guests coming and all of a sudden you've got to focus on getting the house organized, that's okay then to put work aside for a little bit. Mm. Don't think every day needs to fulfill every single checkbox. It's okay to look at the large global, the global picture. Yeah. Wonderful. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Steph. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been lovely chatting with you. Take care. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.